Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello again, everyone. This is Jim. I need to get uh, caught up on some political news, lots of stuff going on with the elections coming up. Uh, this is a day after the uh, President's State of the Union address. It was uh, Reagan-esque uh, to me in uh, insofar as lots of stats about the economy. Uh, Reagan used to do that quite a bit. Um, but he, uh, he also mentioned uh, uh, abortion and infanticide, and this is uh, probably directly related to the... Uh, Democratic governor of Virginia and his, um, uh, let's see, his description of uh, post-birth abortion. So the liberals weren't satisfied with uh, uh, all the babies that were already being murdered in this country. Now they're talking about how to kill them after they've been born. Um, you notice uh, there was another story about him that quickly uh, rose to the top of the news headlines. Um, because they wanted to get off of that whole uh, baby-killing subject. Um, <clears throat> kind of embarrassing when you let the whole country know what you're really in favor of. Uh, and I saw a stat today that there's only uh, like 10% of the population who are in favor of third-trimester abortions. And yet... Um, the way you hear it told, you'd think, you know, the majority of the country is. But, of course, that's the that's the plan, is to make everybody think that everybody else is in favor of this and what's wrong with you for being against it. We'll talk a little bit more about that mindset later because it affects uh, our main topic tonight. Uh, but just a couple other things on the election. So that's uh, probably going to be an issue in the election for any number of reasons. Uh, let's see, Cory Booker announced this week. I don't know if you saw that uh, announcement video he had. That's a slick video. Uh, good messaging. Uh, I don't think I agree with uh, Cory Booker on anything, but um, charismatic guy, uh, sharp guy, and uh, got his uh, ties to Wall Street money, so he's got that base covered. And that was a slick video. It was a good message. So... Um, so, yeah, he could be formidable. Some of the other ones are fallen by the wayside. Elizabeth Warren got caught uh, uh, back in, uh, I guess, just this week. The Washington Post ran a story uh, about her where she did indeed claim to be an American Indian uh, in her past uh, on, a, uh, on some sort of registration card for something. And so that's interesting that the Washington Post is the one who ran that story not a conservative publication by any means, but you can see the um, uh, Democratic Party establishment uh, and their um, operatives in the media uh, trying to tamp down all this kind of socialist stuff. Although, um, you keep seeing poll after poll where a, a majority of Americans are in favor of uh, socialized medicine otherwise known as Medicare for All. See, it doesn't sound like socialized medicine. And it's funny because uh, people talk about how wonderful that is and how, you know, look how well it's working in Canada. 
Well, there, what they don't talk about are the wait times uh, in Canada or in Great Britain. It can take, I think it's, no, it's Canada's worse than Grace, Great Britain. It can take five months to go from seeing your general practitioner to seeing a specialist just because of the wait times. And so with this uh, Medicare for all thing they're doing, Medicare reimbursements um, are pretty low, like 40% lower. The government pays a doctor like 40% less than what that doctor would get from an insurance company. So this is why, you know, Canada had a big nursing shortage uh, problem about a decade or so ago. And they were doing a lot of things to get nurses from the United States to move up to Canada. And so they have this like shortage of people who want to go into medicine because uh, the reimbursements aren't very good. We have the added problem in the United States of malpractice insurance. This was the thing people don't remember, but this is one of the big issues in the early 90s with uh, Clinton healthcare. Um, what do you do about tort reform uh, so that people can't sue their doctors for a fortune? That's why these doctors have to carry this really expensive malpractice insurance. And it never really got resolved in this whole thing. The whole thing back then kind of died because the trial lawyers are big supporters of the Democrat Party. So what do you do then? Um, so, yeah, so we'll see how all that plays out. But it's uh, interesting to see how many Americans want this because Americans like free stuff. And so uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's uh, what a great way to get... Uh, uh, to fully fund the abortion industry and make sure they have tons of money to kill even more children because you just offer people free health care. And, I mean, do you, do you think anybody's not going to fund these abortionists if you have government-run health care? I mean, even with the Republicans running Congress, um, the last two years of the Obama administration, they still funded Planned Parenthood. $500 million a year. And they said, well, you know, we couldn't not have that funding in there because then Obama would just veto it. But if you give us the White House, well, then we can do something. Trump gets elected, still money for Planned Parenthood with a Republican Congress. So, because, you know, they're afraid the government will get shut down. It's a good thing the government hasn't been shut down recently, you know, over something less important than killing children huh anyway the main topic this week i don't know if you saw this this is a few weeks ago a pastor in weed california i've just driven through there recently it's just right at the uh, western foothills of mount shasta in northern california gorgeous gorgeous place this uh pastor justin hoke of trinity bible presbyterian church put uh, a message on his church sign that read, Bruce Jenner is still a man. Homosexuality is still a sin. The culture may change. The Bible does not. Now, Weed, California is in one of the most conservative counties in all of California. I think it's the third most conservative county or area in California. And so, you think the guy would be pretty safe with this. However, uh, the activist industry, uh, never one to miss an opportunity, staged protests 
out in front of the church. And, uh, you know, they had a message on their Facebook page, don't engage, don't do anything violent. Of course, the church sign was vandalized and broken, and the power box was broken. And um, imagine if someone had vandalized and damaged property at a mosque. Federal hate crime. Um, No word that there were any hate crime investigations here, however. Um, So, a little bit of notoriety for this church for, uh, for having this message. And so, okay, we've seen this a number of times before. And if the story had ended there, we'd go, yeah, not surprising, activists, demonstrators, what's new? Um... However, the story did not end there. Turns out, the congregation was not very pleased with the pastor's message either. And uh, apparently there was a lot of internal discussions. And the pastor, not long after this, announced that he was leaving the church. And so that's kind of interesting. So, what was his message, actually? I'll go ahead and read it to you. Let's see. Uh, This is what uh, Pastor Hoke uh, published on Facebook. As of today, I am no longer the pastor of Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church. After much prayer and counsel, I've decided that it is best to to briefly communicate What has taken place? And then he lists what's been going on. Number one, I was informed by our other elder that he felt he could no longer follow my lead as pastor of this church. TBPC, he uh, abbreviated. So that's kind of bad news. You got the one of the elders of the church uh, apparently having a problem with this. Now, if it had stopped there, it's like, okay, well, maybe this guy doesn't need to be an elder anymore. Uh, However, number two, I was informed that essentially all but one couple in membership would leave the church if I continued as pastor of TBPC. All but one couple would leave the church if this guy didn't leave. Not, you know, no public apology, leave. (laughs) Number three, our other elder and the couple felt uh, that those who left would likely return if I leave. Number four, our other elder was agreeable to stay and assume the pastoral responsibilities. Therefore, <clears throat> excuse me. Therefore, it was determined that it would be best in the best interest of the local body for us to part ways. Huh. So. This guy's congregation turned on him for his biblical position. Now, don't know the history. I don't know if he had, you know, talked about this in church before. Um, Given that he seemed rather fearless about putting this on a sign, one would think he may have preached about this before. And um, nobody, uh, apparently nobody had threatened to leave prior if he had talked about it. But as soon as there was a little publicity, and as soon as people uh, were concerned that they were being associated with this church, 
that was getting this publicity, all of a sudden, now they want to do something. They want the pastor to leave. So the Presbyterian church has went down this path a long, long time ago. Um, but um, there, are, there are still little pockets and little churches that won't go along with what the denomination says. Um, and, you know, these, these denominations do this because they're bleeding members like crazy. And so they figure if they try to look more like the world and appeal to the world, that somehow the unbelieving world is going to go to church there on Sunday or something. Um, but that hasn't really worked. Um, but it, so there's any number of issues here. Number one, do these people not believe what the Bible says? I mean, are they really not willing to stand up for God's word? And number two, are they, are they so, I don't even want to call it weak in their faith, because if you don't believe what the Bible says, and you're embarrassed about what God has to say about things, then I'm not sure how much faith one actually has. Um, but all the world had to do was have uh, a handful of protesters out in front of a church in a tiny town that most people have never heard of and vandalize their property. And the church caved and didn't just cave, retribution against the pastor. And so the people in this church sided with the anti-God, with the anti-God bigots um, that want equality and free exp expression and tolerance for uh, everyone uh, except those who don't agree with them. And so, um, wow, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of an amazing thing. But we shouldn't be too surprised because as sin has crept into the church, I'll give you a great example, uh, divorce and remarriage. Um, divorce and remarriage has been acceptable in our country for a long time now. Uh, there used to be a stigma, uh, like, you know, people wouldn't even, you know, they wouldn't go out or marry with someone who had been divorced. Um, because Jesus said more than once that divorce is adultery. And so, but yet our churches are full of people who have divorced and remarried. Um, so that's amazing. <laughs> Imagine if, uh, you know, I was cheating on my wife and I show up to church with my girlfriend. Um, you know, that form of adultery isn't acceptable. But the adultery that Jesus talked about, divorce and remarriage, is acceptable because it's, accept it's acceptable in, the, in a lot of churches because it's acceptable in our culture. When's the last time you heard a sermon in your church about what Jesus had to say about divorce. Funny how that kind of gets, it either gets skipped over or it gets breezed by really quickly. And so, um, so we've already had this uh, for a long time um, where uh, sins that are acceptable in our culture become acceptable in our churches to everyone but God, of course. Uh, and so this is just the next step. So it's, it's, it's a little, it's always this little piece at a time, right? Death by a thousand paper cuts. And I've always said, if you can, if you can convince yourself 
that sin is okay, any sin, then you've already done the mental gymnastics. And so when the next sin comes up, even if it's uh, worse, I, and I use that term carefully because all sin is bad in God's eyes, but if it's perceived as worse, or it's something that, you know, at one time people would say, no, that, that would, yeah, we'll, we'll let this go, but we would never let that go. And then this, this next thing comes up, you've already done the mental gymnastics to talk yourself into saying it's okay. That happens on a personal level, and as we can see, it happens at a church level. And so this guy, like, left his church um, because his congregation decided to, um, to side with, uh, <laughs> with the people who were uh, blatantly sinning against God. Uh, he, this guy made an interesting statement because um, he said that the culture has drawn a line in the sand and dared Christians to step over. And isn't that true? We see that, right? You have to make sure you use the right pronoun uh, for somebody or you can get yelled at or you can lose your job. You can lose your job. Imagine that. If you call someone a he when they want to be called a she or vice versa, um, that's incredible. If you tell a man not to go into the women's restroom, you can you can lose your job. And so... Um, this, we talked about this previously. Um, Christians in other countries that, you know, they can't get a good job. Uh, those aren't available to them. They have to take the, the terrible jobs that nobody else wants. Um, and, you know, in this country, we like to, you know, puff up our chest a little bit and go, well, I would never do that. I would stand up for Jesus. Well, let's see what happens. Because um, people don't even like it when people call them names. They call them, you know, people get called hateful. Whether it's true or not, it's enough to buckle their knees and then they cave in. There was, uh, I, I love this verse in Galatians uh, chapter 1. It says, uh, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man... I would not be a servant of Christ. Well, we have a whole bunch of man-pleasers around these days, don't we? Apparently we have them in our churches. Well, apparently. We know we have them in our churches. Um, even small churches. Uh, and in order to please man, they'll drive the pastor right out of their church. They'll ignore the teachings of Jesus. Because man is more important to them than God, uh, which shows you where their heart is. It's not focused on eternity and the life after this one. It's focused on this life. They don't want they don't want any waves. They don't want any trouble. They want to get everything out of this life that they can. So one has to question uh, where these people are actually going to be when this life is over. Because Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father who's in heaven. Uh, and that's going to determine where we spend the rest of eternity. So, um, if nothing else, it's a pretty bad deal. Uh, getting the approval of men who have absolutely no effect on where we spend eternity.
one of my favorite parts of scripture that talks about this a lot is Second Timothy chapter 4. And if we start with, let me see here, the first verse. Second Timothy 4. I charge thee therefore, before, this is uh, Paul writing to Timothy. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. So, uh, again, the importance of uh, doing what Jesus wants. He's the one that's going to judge. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. So, when it's popular and when it's not popular. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Tell people what the Bible says. And reprove them if they're not doing what it says. Verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So, uh, boy, there's a lot in there. Folks will not endure. They won't put up with sound doctrine because they want to do their own thing or there's too much heat from the culture. But notice this part. After their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers. So it's not like teachers go in and persuade them of anything. Because if a false teacher is coming in and teaching false doctrine, real saved people are either going to kick them out or they're going to leave for preaching false doctrine. But notice it's people heap to themselves teachers. They're the ones that want these teachers. And so when the people in this church had a pastor who said and did something that they didn't want, uh, they wanted him gone. They want someone else. Who did they, who did they want that was going to take over the pastoral duties? The other elder who said he couldn't follow the pastor down this pastor's doctrinal path. So they'll heap themselves the teachers. And so whether it's uh, prosperity gospel or name it, claim it, or happiness gospel, or, um, hey, we don't want the world to call its name, so we won't call sin a sin uh, churches. People will surround themselves uh, with false teachers of their own doing. They're making these decisions uh, because they either want to do these sins and they don't want anyone to awaken their conscience or they don't want to stand out as uh, people who believe and obey Jesus Christ. So, we can see what the devil's doing here. And he's done a great job. Look how sensitive these people are. And you see this all over the place. We, we talked before, there is going to be a, a weeding out, a separation of the wheat from the chaff, and all of this stuff, people are already being conditioned and messages are being sent. If you stand up for the Bible, you can lose your job. Uh, even if you're a pastor, uh, your church will turn on you. Other Christians will turn on you. And they will side with the enemy and his children to attack Christians. 
So you're going to have people who claim to be Christians attacking those who truly follow Christ. That's what's coming up. That's what's going on now. And the devil's done such a good job sticking us into a culture where everybody is so sensitive that if anyone unfriends them or says anything bad about them or calls them a bigot or whatever else, people are afraid. And there's actual retribution that will happen to people. So will people be strong? Do they care more about Jesus than their job? Do they care more about Jesus than their reputation in a wicked world? Uh, many, many, many of us are going to find that out. And um, it will become clear uh, who is trying to please Jesus and who is trying to please man. And man cannot save them. And so, um, hopefully people will be um, aware of their situation if they find themselves siding with man against God. Because if they have any concern about their salvation at all, they'll do what the Bible says and they'll test themselves to make sure they're in the faith. And then God will strengthen those who are. We have his Holy Spirit in us. He'll give us the strength to stand up to persecution, as he's done for 2,000 years. So pray for strength, but understand what's going on, and try to figure out in your own mind ahead of time, when you're faced with these situations, what are you going to do? Are you going to cave? Or are you going to endure persecution with the strength of our God and Savior? I pray it's the latter. I pray for all of us that it's the latter. Let's be strong, but let's be ready. That's it for this time. Uh, please uh, continue to let people know that we're here. Uh, hopefully people are getting something out of this and God is using this in some way uh, to encourage and warn. Uh, if you have any comments and, or questions, please feel free to contact us at podcast at jesusforsinners.com. That's podcast at jesusforsinners.com. Good night, everybody. God bless. Mm -hmm.